Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm so glad that you're here. This is episode number 84, and you can find show notes at pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash 84. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to invite you to check out a new training that I've released called How to Create Your First Digital Product in Five Steps. I'm sharing my five-step framework, which will take you from identifying your audience all the way to promoting your product. This is an on-demand training, meaning it's available right away. You don't have to wait for me or come back at a specific time. So if you want to take the training, you can go to pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash workshop, put in your email address, and you'll be redirected to the training. So again, it's pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash workshop. All right, guys, on today's episode, I am chatting with Beth Ann Swamberger of Brilliant Business Moms about how to prepare for your first product launch. Now, if you are super resourceful, maybe you've already created your product and you're in the planning stages, you're thinking about how you can get this out to the masses, well, you're in luck because that's exactly what this episode is about. Beth Ann has launched everything from a physical planner to digital classes to a Facebook ad intensive. So Beth Ann is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to planning a successful launch. And in this episode, she's covering everything from giving yourself enough runway to plan, the phases of a launch, different types of content you should create, and she even talks a little bit about list building for your launch. This is an episode you definitely want to take notes on, so go ahead and grab a pen or a notebook or even open up the notes app on your phone, and let's dive in. Hi, Beth Ann. Welcome to the show. Hi, Monique. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Um, as Well, I guess they'll learn a little bit more as we go through the show today, but I've worked with Beth Ann a few months ago to learn how to do Facebook ads and I really liked her style of teaching. She was a really great instructor and and I really like her business and kind of how she balances things out. So I could not wait to ask you to be on the show. I wanted to wait until we finished all the madness. And I know you went like right into a launch, but I'm so glad like you finally have time to be on the show because I can't wait to talk about launching with you. Yes, I'm excited. I I will nerd out on business stuff all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Well, I'm excited. So let's start at the top because everyone doesn't know about you and your business like I do. So will you let us know who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger. I am the founder of BrilliantBusinessMoms.com. So it started as a podcast interviewing brilliant mom entrepreneurs and uh, similar to yourself, (laughs) uh, which I was just thinking, I need to have you come on my podcast when I bring it back. and so really the the business is about helping moms to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. So it's very much geared towards those margin-making moms. And as far as the rest of my life, I'm married to Chris. He's a pilot. Uh, we have two boys. And uh, we're crazy enough to uh, want to have even more kids <laughs> at some point. Will you tell us a little bit more about Brilliant Biz Moms, like some of the things that you've created? Because in a way, we have like some similarities, but I don't focus on moms. Yes. Okay. So 
Oh boy. So Brilliant Business Moms has evolved so much. I'm hoping to slow down that evolution a bit <laughs> in the future and and narrow in on a few things. But yes, yeah, so some things I've done in the past, I created the Brilliant Life Planner. And so again, that was geared towards moms and uh, helping them to time block their days, helping them accomplish big goals, but also uh write down what they're grateful for, write down those favorite memories. And I know you have an amazing planner. So I think that's potentially one of the ways you found me and knew, okay, Beth Ann's using Facebook ads to sell her planner. So let's do this. Um, And then, yeah, so other things I teach uh, Facebook ads. I've just recently brought back my Facebook ads program and I love that. So that's probably that's where most of my time and attention goes, whether it's my own ad campaigns and finding new ways to be creative there and then passing on what I'm learning and testing uh, to to students who typically my students tend to be, you know, moms growing businesses on the side. So, Yes. Okay. So I just wanted you to tell people about Facebook ads and planners up front because I think those are two things that you've done really well. And that's totally how I found you with the Facebook ads of your planner. And I was like, I need to learn how to sell with Facebook ads because most of the people that I have found online teach um, courses and digital products, but I hadn't found very many people that were talking about physical goods. So the timing was like perfect when I saw that you were launching that. Yeah. And it was so fun to have you in the group. And, you know, I think what's so interesting because I have a mix of digital product students and physical product students. A lot of times my physical product students have the faster wins. So anyone who's out there listening who might be feeling like, oh, there's not enough. There aren't teachers that are helping me with my physical products. Like, no, like dive in, do what you can, because I mean, there's still so much room in the, in the physical product space and you can get those ads up and running and find those new customers. Okay. So let's jump into launching because I have so many things that I want to ask you. And I know this is something that you have done very well, but first question, because this is something that I get asked a lot as well. How much lead time do you need to prep for launch? Oh boy. Okay. So If you are wanting to go all out with your launch, I mean, you have great big goals and let's assume the timeline I'm giving you that you already have your product ready to go, whether it's physical or digital. I still think with a big launch, you want to give yourself like a three month runway, (laughs) which probably sounds insane to some people. I know some business owners who like kind of do a mini launch every single month. And that's fine if you want to just do a little promotion every month. But if you're really wanting to go big and you really want to take your audience on this journey to where they are so excited for your product, they are ready to buy on launch day, you really want to give yourself a nice long runway to, to make it happen. Okay. And then once you have decided, okay, I want to do the big launch, I'm giving myself three months to plan this. What are the phases of a launch that we should be thinking about? Sure. So the the biggest one, as far as I'm concerned, is your pre-launch content. So the pre-launch phase being 
everything that happens before the offer goes live. So a lot of people talk about that as like before you open your cart, for example, which makes sense for digital courses because like you're going to open the doors and maybe only have enrollment open for, you know, five to 15 days or something like that. But for physical product sellers, it's the same principle of, you know, maybe the product is available in your shop or maybe you're releasing as far as what I'm talking about, it's typically releasing like a brand new collection or something new. And so, yes, you would have launch day is when that product is first available for sale, essentially, or that collection. So there's pre-launch, there's your live launch, uh, there's your post-launch period where you want to be debriefing, you want to be looking at all your stats. Um, But for me, that pre-launch period where you are uh, releasing some awesome, super valuable content every single week. You're emailing your audience every single week and you are taking them on a journey. So they understand what your product is about. They understand who it's for, who it will help. You have handled their objections. So they, all those excuses, those reasons they're going to give for not buying, you've basically karate chopped them. (laughs) And like, you know, those are gone. The objections are out the window because you've handled them. And ideally during that pre-launch period, and this is something I've found to be the most powerful piece of pre-launch content, which is happy customer stories and case studies. And again, so that looks different, whether it's physical or digital products, but man, the more you can highlight your customers as the stars and share their story and share how your products have helped them, the better that launch is going to go. And typically with a pre-launch, like how long does that phase for you normally last? Yes. So for pre-launch, I recommend that people have at least three weeks of solid, solid pre-launch content. If you can push it out to where you have six weeks, I mean, that's amazing, but that's a little you know, that can be challenging for some people. So when I say like you want that three month runway to plan your launch, that's because, you know, that first month, that's when you're going to sit down and develop all that content. And you're going to think to yourself, okay, what are my star customers? Who can I reach out to? Like, can I do a video interview with them? Can I schedule them to come on a Facebook live with me? Uh, What little social media posts can I be planning out that are going to plant those seeds for people? So um, at least three weeks. That for me is is kind of the bare minimum before launch. Are you also creating a product alongside the launch content or is the product already done? Or are you pre-selling and then creating the product after you've already pre-sold? Right. Okay. This is such a good question. So For physical products, and again, I'll, you know, just speaking to my experience, obviously there are so many different physical products out there. My main physical product experience is just with designing and manufacturing uh, planners. And so in that case, I might, my planners might be still at the factory getting made, but all of the work as far as new planner covers, new, all the inside proofs, um, Everything that goes into developing that planner that's that's my piece of it, that has all happened before the three months has started. And really at that point, the only thing I'm waiting on is the factory is is producing it and I've got to 
have that part happen. And then for them to, of course, ship everything to me so I can start um, shipping out orders. So for planners, I will often do uh, where my launch is, it's like a pre-order. So they're basically funding the manufacturing of my planner. I've done that quite a few times. And so they understand that when they're ordering, it's probably going to be another uh, six to eight weeks before that planner arrives in their hands. So that's one way to do it. But again, I'm not working on proofs and all of that uh, during that launch period. Like I've already taken care of that so that, uh, this is one thing I think it's important for people to know is the more you can have your product done and ready, the more you can absolutely crush your marketing. Because I think we take for granted how much time it takes to effectively market our products and connect with our audience. And there's so many details and pieces to that, that you don't really want to be distracted and stressed out and still trying to finish, um, your product. But I do think doing pre-sales is totally fine. Um, as far as like my courses, I the only time I've pre-sold a course was actually this last round of the ads intensive um, because I, I knew though I'd already taught Facebook ads for years. And so I all I really needed to do was have a really detailed outline of every single week, here's what I'm going to teach on. I structured it so that it was a live lesson each week. And I did have a couple lessons ready to go before the program launched. But I, I really, I don't know, I'm torn on a new course creator, like whether they should pre-sell or not. Because there's certainly something to be said for making sure there's a de- demand for your product. But a lot of a lot of students I've worked with, even if I have suggested that to them, they're like, oh, no, that's way too stressful. Like, I'm not. They're like, no, 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 no. I've got to have this thing ready to go. So uh, I think as far as that goes, you can feel a little bit more confident in what you're offering if you've done some surveys of your audience and you feel like, yep, this is this is definitely definitely meeting a need that, you know, they have. I I agree. I kind of skew towards I rather just have it done first <laughs> and sell it later. I know that goes against like some of the wisdom that I've seen online. Like I've seen numerous people say you should pre-sale and then create the course later. But I just don't like the pressure of having to try to get all of that done while doing a launch and running a challenge. It's it's too much. <laughs> right, right. And two, I think we take for granted uh, how valuable it is uh, once you do, let's take, for example, like a course or a digital product. Um, once you're welcoming students in, you don't want to be so stressed out and overwhelmed creating all the materials that you can't show up for them and really serve them and take care of them. Because man, that makes such a big difference when your students are saying like, hey, I can tell you really care. I can tell, you know, you're willing to invest the time with us. I mean, you can set yourself apart so much just by having that focus um, with your customers. Okay. So I want to ask about, because you mentioned a few things for pre-launch content as far as um, making sure your your students, your successful students are like the stars, which I love. That reminds me a lot of Donald Miller's um, story brand book. He talks about making your customer the hero of the journey. 
Um, so that reminded me of that. But besides like testimonials and case studies, what are some other good types of pre-launch content that you can create? Yes. Oh, this is such a great question because you can have fun and get really creative with the ways that you're positioning your content. So some other things you can do would be uh, myth busting content. So if you're talking about, you know, the top 10 things you're getting wrong about Facebook ads or the top five myths that are holding you back when it comes to creating your own product. You know, again, there's obviously so many examples, but myth busting posts can be great because again, those are essentially all of those unconscious beliefs that our potential customers have that are potentially keeping them from saying yes to our product because they're going, well, I can't do that because X, Y, Z, or, you know, they might think the process is more difficult or they need to have X, Y, Z qualifications in place before they're ready or all those kinds of things. So busting through myths um, is really powerful. Uh, another one that people take for granted is just like a super detailed uh, FAQs kind of resource. Not that you would necessarily call it an FAQs, but uh, basically introducing that product again, whether it's physical or digital to really say, here is everything that this is about. Here are all the details, all the features. So you're you know, really not leaving any stone uh, unturned as far as that goes. Um, also tutorials. I mean, people take for granted, obviously you're not, you're not going to, if you're selling a, an information product, it's not like you're putting that all up for free, but people take for granted the fact that sometimes you have to show that you are a good instructor or for people to get a sense of your teaching style, uh, to know that you're going to be a good fit, that you're worth investing the money in. So if you can give them some, some tutorials, uh, especially tutorials that basically qualify them to be ready for your product, that can be really, really big. Uh, so an example there might be one of my one of the big ways I teach Facebook ads is freebies into Tripwire offers. And so I have a lot of bloggers, for example, that will come to me, but they don't even have a digital product yet. So of course, they're not going to be a fit for how I teach ads. And so if I can create some sort of, if, if I can give them a tutorial of like, here's how to take your most popular content, turn it into a freebie and tripwire then boom, now I've automatically, I've shown them that I, I'm a good teacher, but also now they're ready to go and they're qualified for the program. Oh, I love that. I think that's such a smart idea. And um, the, the freebie to tripwire thing is like, it's really clutch. And I think a lot of business owners overlook how effective that can be, especially when somebody opts in for the first time, how a lot of people are really excited about information like when they first find you and I have found that a lot of people are really willing to just go ahead and throw a couple of dollars at you if it's not something that's like priced out right exactly I think we completely take that for granted I think those when you're not used to sales I guess um 
it, it can be easy to think like, okay, I've got to like take this real slow and like real casual and I don't want to be like too pushy right off the bat. But you're exactly right. Like when someone is brand new, they've just found you, you've got awesome resources for them. They've opted in. Yeah, they're ripe. They're excited. Like, so give them that next step, put that offer in front of them. And yeah, I think people will be surprised at how many people will take them up on that tripwire. And, you know, of course, if it's a great tripwire and they're getting value from that, then they're going to continue to want to buy from you going forward. Exactly. Okay. So we've talked a bit about pre-launch content. And what, so you said that, you know, the live launch happens. So are you a fan of doing some type of launch event? Is there a particular launch event that you like to do if you are into the launch events or do you go, like, how do you approach your live launch? I guess is the question. (laughs) Yes. Okay. This is a great question. So of course, for quite a few years, I feel like the main launch events people have been doing are either a challenge or a webinar. So those are kind of the standard things. And I've certainly, I've done both before. Uh, I would say my webinars work a little bit better for me when I do a live uh, webinar. But I think it is getting more and more difficult to get people to attend those live and set aside the the time for them. Um, so I'm trying to think back. So my my last big launch that I did would have been for this last round of the FB Ads Intensive. I didn't do a webinar because the customer I was trying to bring in she is super busy already. She's already making sales in her business. And so really what I wanted to do was just prove to her that, hey, I've got a lot of happy customers already. And I here's what, here's what I'll be teaching you in this program. And I know I can help you essentially. So I kind of structured my live events uh, as I did several Facebook lives with some of my successful students. And uh, so then I would just email people, let them know when I was going live and that if they joined us live, then they could ask any questions that they wanted to of my guests. Um, I also did a live where it was just me answering questions about the intensive and what it's all about. Um, So I did that instead of uh, a webinar. Um, I guess the other weird part with the intensive is it's an application only program. So uh, I don't have like that live open cart period per se. It's more like this rolling application period. Um, and then everybody knows, okay, by this date, I'm going to find out if I'm in or if I'm not. But, um, you know, that would be one way to structure those live events, though, is I think a a live event on day one of your offer, uh, you can do a Facebook live even better if you can set up another device and do an Instagram live at the same time, show off your product. Uh, if it's physical, share all those features. If it's digital, again, you could take them behind the scenes, answer all their questions about it. Um, I think that can be really clutch. Um, I still do think webinars can be great. It really depends on your audience. I think I think where webinars are so powerful is all the niches that aren't used to seeing them as much, you know? So like if you're not in the B2B space, I think a webinar can still work so, so well for you. You know, just say, hey, this is a free class. Make sure you're giving some value. 
to them and of course then offer your paid product at the end. Okay. I, I really loved how you did your last launch. I noticed uh, a few of our, of my classmates inside of your lives. Um, I can't think of, I think her name is Latoya. Yes. Latoya. Mm-hmm. I, I saw hers and I thought, oh, she did really, she like really killed it in the yeah. Facebook class <laughs> with her, her freebie to tripwire. So I wasn't surprised that you had her on live. Yeah. And I, okay. This is one thing I just, I really want to emphasize for people, um, just how powerful those customer case studies are. Um, because I have so many people and, and again, you can deliver them in so many different ways, right? So like this time I I brought people on to do a live with me. Um, in the past I've done podcast interviews with customers. Um, what else I've, I don't, I guess I never brought them on as like a webinar guest, but yeah, basically, uh, you could do blog post features with them. Um, but I have so many people that email me and go, Hey, I heard Karina on your podcast and I would love to have a business just like hers. So like, I will, let me in. Like, how do I get your ads program? Or they'll be like, I heard Jamie. Or yeah, then this last round after people saw LaToya and they saw Casey on Facebook Live with me, they're like, I saw this person. I saw LaToya on live. Oh man, I would love to be just like her. Pretty please. Like, how do I apply? How do I get into this thing? And I get that feedback back so much more than any other kind of content that I produce. Like, I could I could stand up and teach people all day long and like give away half my program for free and I'm telling you what it still would not pack the same punch as them just seeing successful customers. So and and honestly the same thing happened with physical products though because I've interviewed happy planner customers in the past and they will share, "Hey, here's how you helped me finally get a handle on my day. Here's how you helped me have more gratitude or like finally make progress towards those goals." And so the same thing happens there where people it, it's just like that light bulb just clicks of like, "Oh man, this really this really truly works. It's not just you know, because obviously any of us can stand up and say whatever we want mm-hmm. <laughs> about our products. Um, so, yeah, when you have someone else uh, sharing how they worked for them, it's it's just super powerful. Okay. So do you, with that being said, something that came up in my mind is, do you have any tips for someone who's like a true beginner? So maybe this is yeah. their first launch and their first product. So they might not have a ton of happy customers. How would you suggest that they approach that? Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. So I'm a firm believer in either the beta test or like the friends and family round or whatever you want to call it. And I don't, you know, I think if you're being transparent, like let's say, for example, you have a a new planner coming out and uh, you're, you're brand new online. So you don't have like this audience. You don't really have people that you can give this planner to for free who could test it out for you. Um, But, you know, we all have friends and family, obviously. So find a few guinea pig friends of yours and say, hey, would you try this out? Would you go through my system? Tell me all your thoughts. Tell me the ways it helped you. Tell me maybe, tell me what you didn't like too. Um, And then if those people are willing to hop on a Facebook Live with you or to be featured in a blog post, and you can say in the beginning, like, I think, 
yeah, be completely transparent and say, you know, so-and-so is a friend of mine and I've known her for X amount. Uh, but be- basically outlining, here's the thing. She's always struggled with X, Y, Z. I was able to share this system with her and, you know, now things are, are better. So I, I think that is still f- powerful for people as well. You know, as when you're being transparent, like, it's okay because they're still able to just tangibly see that, oh, this is helping people. And yeah, I think that just makes such a big difference uh, versus trying to go into that first launch completely blind and not have anyone to kind of be standing behind you vouching for you, really. Um, and so, and I think too, let's say it's clothing, for example. So get some of those samples into the hands of people. Find some moms who will put those dresses on their little girls or whatever it is and then tell you what they love about them and tell you how their little, you know, what situations are they wearing the dresses in, for example. Um, I just think that's, I think people underestimate how powerful that is. I think they assume, oh, I've got to like get my dresses into the hands of all these fancy influencers. And in a lot of cases though, those influencers are so busy, like they're not going to give you a proper review. They're not, you know, like there's just a lot of complication there. Whereas if you can have a bunch of friends be your testers, give you their great feedback and you bring them all over and say, Hey, we're going to take some photos. For example, um, I think that can work really well. Okay. So I love that. I think those are really great tips. Now I think you can't talk about launching if you don't talk a bit about list building. So I would love to hear your thoughts about list building either during a launch or in preparation of a launch. Yes, that's so true. And I, I think I should have mentioned that as like one of the phases of (laughs) your launch period. So, um, I guess I call it the pre pre launch, but like that's when you're planning out all that content that we've talked about. The other thing you're going to do during the pre pre launch is plan out your freebie that you're going to be promoting everywhere. (laughs) Um, And so you'll promote that freebie during your pre-launch period, right? So yes, you're going to be list building while you're sharing all this great new content, while you're building relationships, you want to be building your list as well. Because I mean, I think all of us in business see that uh, as much as I love Facebook ads and I will run ads during my live launch too, I'm still getting the vast majority of my sales right through my email list, just sending out those sales emails. Um, So yes, as far as that freebie goes, I mean, this comes down to understanding your customer and what's the journey that she's going on. So um, I don't have a rule as far as, oh, your freebie should be a checklist or, oh, your freebie should be uh, an ebook or a guide or whatever. I think it is very niche specific. But you just need to think about where is your customer right now and where does she need to be to be ready for your product? And so, you know, what first step um, can you help her with to uh, get her ready to buy your product? And again, let's go back to the physical stuff just because I think it's so easy for my physical product sellers to kind of poo-poo a lot of what they hear (laughs) in digital marketing world, which I totally get. But uh I have a student who sells hair bows and she's got a freebie that's like three adorable, quick and easy hairstyles to 
to do on your little girl, for example. And so, of course, in her freebie, she's planting the seed showing her cute little hair bows being used within those hairstyles. So she's now positioned herself as like not just another hair bow seller, but as someone who can truly help her customers. And she can then be taking that person who's going, oh, there's no way I'm going to buy hair bows for my little girl because I don't even have the time to like fix her hair. Now she's helped overcome that hurdle for that person because they're going, oh, these are quick and easy. Like I can actually do these. So now I'm excited to put a few bows in my little girl's hair. So that's just kind of one example of you, you know, taking that person from like, nope, not for me to like, hmm, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this product is going to be a good fit for me. Okay. And then my next question is about managing it all, because there's all these phases and things that you have to do. How do you manage all of the moving parts of a launch? Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be honest with you. Organization is not my strong suit. (laughs) So uh, I have tried probably every project management software out there. I've I've tried Basecamp, Trello, Asana, um, probably a few others. I looked at, oh, there's some fancy spreadsheet program I've tried as well, only for a hot minute, and I didn't stick with that one either. Um, So for me, I literally, I have like a master Google doc. And so then I can share that with anyone who's part of the launch for me. Um, And I've done launches where it was me and like four other team members. And I've also done launches that were like me and like one other team member doing like very part-time work. (laughs) So I've kind of been all over the place in terms of how much help I have with my launches. Um, But yeah, I'll do a Google Doc. I have dates listed for like when things need to happen. And so I'm kind of rearranging the checklist. And then uh, I keep everything related to that launch inside like a Google Drive folder. So and then that Google Doc, the the main checklist, it kind of serves as a master guide. So I can link out to like, okay, here's this resource and here's this thing over here. That's what I do. Um, I will say I worked with a much bigger company last year and helped them uh, with one of their launches. And we used Asana. And that was the first time I was kind of like, okay, I get it. I think I could, <laughs> I think I could see Asana making sense because I do like, you know, you can upload your images right in there. Then people can comment and give their thoughts um, or, you know, upload whatever pieces of the launch you're trying to upload. People comment you know, then you attach the new version, um, and you can have all sorts of different categories. So I think those would be my two, uh, main recommendations for people, but, um, just know that I am not perfect at that at all. Um, and I I don't know, I feel like for everyone's launch, there's probably, pieces that might get missed or get dropped or you realize halfway through that you're so overwhelmed you're gonna just have to take pieces off right like you might have to drop a Facebook live off of the launch or you might have to simplify some aspect of your marketing or a few less Instagram posts go out than you wanted to and you know that's okay like a a launch does not have to be perfectly executed to be really really effective I'm glad that you said that uh, the last part, because I think sometimes we beat ourselves up about all the things that we should have, could have done 
But it's like, did you do anything? Did you try? (laughs) Because sometimes that's enough. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, man, even with even when I had a bigger team and it was women who were I mean, they knew my business really really well. We st- we still miss stuff and we still had to be like, "Oh, whoops," you know, uh, because yeah, there's just only there's only so much time in the day. Um and real quick, just some encouragement on that front. I want to encourage everyone to you know, if you have to drop anything, just make sure what you're not dropping is connection with your audience. Like, please, please make sure you're taking the time to respond to those comments and questions on social media or within your challenge group or the email responses you're getting back. Like that, those personal touches, that personal connection, even though it might feel like, oh man, this is, this is only one-to-one and isn't it so much more powerful if I can go one-to-many, but you can't, like that's something you can't substitute. And and the level of, yeah, just people connecting with you and understanding that you care about them and that you're in it for more than just making a quick buck. I mean, that's that's incredibly valuable. So just make sure you're not dropping the ball on showing up for your people and uh, connecting with them and caring about them. Yes, that was amazing advice. Okay, so we are towards the end here, and I always love to wrap up the show with the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge because we are about taking action here, not just consuming information. So Beth Ann, if you like, they're convinced, they're ready to start their preparing for their first launch, what would be their next steps? Like what three three things must they do to prepare for the first launch? Yes, such a good question. Okay, I would say step one, get that freebie. And again, it doesn't need to be 10 freebies, you guys. Just pick one. Pick one, get it made, get your opt-in form up. Next step, get some pre-launch content up. So I would say plan for three pieces, three big pieces. So again, you've got your case study, you've got handling some myths, you've got a, a value add type of tutorial, something like that. And then the third thing you need to do, pick your live launch day and find some way to make live launch day feel like a party, you know? So again, you're going to hop on live, you're going to do a webinar, or you're finishing up your challenge on the, like when the cart opens, uh, those are the three things you've got to do. You've got to take action on, you've got to get those done. And honestly, everything else on your launch is going to be bonus extra. Of course, you're going to fill in a lot of other pieces, but yeah, get those three things done and planned. Okay. So really quick to recap, do your freebie. Make sure you have that. You said make sure you get three pieces of pre-launch content and then set your live launch date. And then everything else, is that's extra. Yes. Don't stress yourself. And then books. What are you currently reading that we should know about or that we should look up? Yes. Okay. So I was looking through my recent books. I'll be honest, I switch back and forth between fiction and nonfiction. Um, and so right now I'm, I am, as far as fiction goes, I am reading Where the Crawdads Sing. <laughs> so, which it's good. Um, yeah, it's just like a fun fiction diversion, but I like the writing. Um, and then nonfiction. So 
And this isn't business per se, but I found it really, really helpful. So it's Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. This book is so good and you should get the audio version if you can because he kind of does it like a podcast and he will have uh, some people are talking like in their own voice on the audio version. But this book, I I love it because it makes you realize um, this is going to sound bad, but humans, we can be a really poor judge of character. (laughs) And even when we think that we know we've got a sense of a person and One, I just think it's going to make you a a better human being to read this book and to understand how we get those judgments completely wrong about people that we don't know. But two, that completely applies to online business because we are making judgment calls about, you know, a fellow online uh, contact that we have. We're making judgment calls about someone we're interviewing for a position that we might be hiring for. And so I think this book is going to change people's minds on some of that and hopefully help them to come into any situation and be less biased and uh, more open. Uh, So I I love talking to strangers for that. And then finally, how can listeners get in contact with you? Where can they find you online? Yeah, so my favorite place personally to hang out is Instagram. So I am at Brilliant Biz, B-I-Z, mom on Instagram. Um, I sometimes share helpful business things. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying it like this, but uh, I, I will be honest. A lot of it is like behind the scenes mom life as well because I'm kind of always in that balancing both worlds, but um, you'll kind of get a a taste of both over there and kind of how I approach everything in business. Like I just, I kind of just want to be friends with my whole audience. (laughs) So if you want to come hang out with me and be my friend, then I think you'll find my Instagram uh, fun. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You shared some amazing things and I can't wait to see how people launch. Thank you so much, Monique. This was so much fun. Awesome. All right, you guys, until next time, go out there and pimp your brilliance. 